0: hello everybody and welcome to locked on canucks on today's episode thursday may the 5th we compare the canucks and their new front office regime to getting out of a toxic relationship it's our greatest Canucks series it continues today with the first swedish superstar or all-star the canucks ever had and i got some bets for tonight's nhl playoff action stay tuned it's locked on canucks and it starts now you're locked on Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Locked On Canucks. Today's episode, Thursday, May the 5th, a beautiful May the 5th it is. I hope you had a good May the 4th. May the 4th be with you. I didn't get a chance to say it yesterday. I actually totally forgot it was May the 4th uh, till after the episode. Um, so I just wanted to get that line out there for all my Star Wars fans out there. Um, so yeah, like I mentioned, today's show, i uh, going to talk about how Canucks Twitter, Canucks fans are reacting to Jim Rutherford basically drawing a line in the sand with Bruce Brudrow and JT Miller. And how they really don't know how to react because the last 10 years, or I guess more or less 10 years, it hasn't been like this in Vancouver. We're going to talk about how it's kind of like a toxic relationship. I'm also going to touch on some bets because I know I haven't done it in a while. People have been asking me, so I'm going to give you some bets, some parlays, maybe a couple of player props for tonight's action. A great night of action hockey last night, especially Uh, Seeing my favorite team, the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, lose at home, which is a beautiful sight. Um, But first, before we get into all of that stuff, I do want to talk about the Abbotsford Canucks, who just ended their playoff run. It was two games. (laughs) At least they made the playoffs, but uh, they fell in a two-game sweep um, in the AHL playoffs. Uh, Spencer Martin had a brilliant game one. If you saw that, uh, the highlights of it are caught online like I did. Um, it was an amazing uh, performance by Spencer Martin. And I think um, just another bullet point next to his name that he is ready to make the jump to the NHL. But Vasily Podkosan got some, albeit minor league playoff experience, it's still more playing time for him and a big offseason for him where um, I expect him to continue that hard work that he put in, in his rookie year. I expect him to take it to another level. Next year, come in bigger, stronger, faster. Um, So kudos to the Abbotsford Canucks for making uh, the playoffs in their first season in Abbotsford, um, which I thought was a great idea from the start. You look at all successful organizations uh, in sports, their um, farm team or minor league team is quite close in locale to where the regular team is situated. Of course, you have... Uh, the Raptors and Raptors 905, you know, you have, I know the Lakers aren't successful right now, but they have a, their a G League team is in LA. The, you know, the Warriors have their G League team close by. So if you, I, I think it's easier for management to get a look at prospects, uh, easier to send people up and down. It just made so much sense. The building was already in Abbotsford. Now that there's you're in the heart of Canuck Nation, you can have players, uh, sorry, not Exactly. You can have players play in front of home fans that will eventually see them at Rogers Arena. It, you could have fans who live out in the valley see very good hockey uh, being played. And also, shout out to the Vancouver Giants for talking with the local hockey scene, who were knocked off the number one seeded Everett Silvertips in the WHL playoffs. Uh, kudos to the Giants um, for those of you out there that you know do watch major junior hockey. Uh, an impressive, impressive feat for the Vancouver Giants. But We, of course, are locked on Canucks, the show that keeps you locked in on all things Vancouver Canucks. And so over the last couple of days, kind of after um, Jim Rutherford's uh, end-of-the-season media availability, we found out through reports that I supposedly his contract only requires him to be in Vancouver seven days a week. Uh, Sorry, seven days a month. Uh, Seven days a week would be regular like anybody else. But no, seven days a month. uh, That was reported by one... Prominent Vancouver uh journalist. Uh, I don't know if that's true or not, but who cares if the the reason I'm saying that is because does it really matter if he's in Vancouver seven days a week, seven days in the month, seven days of the year, if the team is winning? You were in an era now where everything is remote. I'm doing a podcast on the Vancouver Canucks, and I'm situated in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. The world's gone. Global people It is no more where the or remote where it's no longer you need to be in that specific location to understand what's going on. Now, it helps that, of course, I was born, raised in Vancouver. I bleed blue and green. I bleed Vancouver till I die. So I know the market like nobody else's business. But. Things like Zoom, you know streaming platforms, everything like that, it connects the world globally. So I don't think that's a big issue. The thing I want to talk about with Jim Rutherford is this. People are all like, oh, he's playing too hard. He's playing too hard. He's gonna, he's risking it. He's risking it with Brudrow. What happens if Brudrow walks? Well, if Bruce Bruder wants to walk, that is his right. But isn't it more indicative of how Jim Rutherford views Bruce Brudrow? that he's not giving him a ringing endorsement by offering him a new contract right away like the old regime would do, handing out contracts like no tomorrow to everybody and not playing, you know, at least coming across as hard to get or, um, you know, not building a sense of you have to deserve a contract extension. The way I kind of related to it was Canucks fans of Canucks Nation have been so used to the previous regime where they would hand out money, contracts, extensions, free willy-nilly to everybody. Everybody. It was like the Oprah Christmas show. You get an extension. You get a six-year extension. Oh, we haven't made the playoffs in so many years, but here, here's another extension. Here's some more money. Oh, you want a pay raise? For sure. Here's more money. Look, Canucks fans don't know how to react to it because it's been so long since we've had a person in charge that plays the game of, of negotiation tactics, the front office, because it's a game. It's a war out there. It's a war of negotiation. It's not just a game on the ice, it's a game in the front office as well. And Jim Rutherford is one of the most experienced vets in the game. It's like poker. You're not gonna show your hand. You're not gonna, you're not gonna, you know, lead anybody on. You're gonna have a stone face and try to catch people bluffing. And the Canucks are trying to catch Boudreaux bluffing. Right? This could be a game of chicken where Boudreaux is like, you know what? I want to come back, but I don't want to, but I don't want to play it off. I don't want to play it off. Look, I think it's indicative that Rutherford and Alvin don't want Boudreaux back. If he is the only option that they can have back, they will let him on a one-year deal and let it play it out, give him the full season to coach this team and see what happens. Right. But they're not going out there automatically saying, well, we want him back, we want him back. No, no, no. They're taking a step back. Like, look, if he wants to come back on his contract and he wants to you know, agree to his terms of the deal and come back and coach under this deal, by all means, he can come back. But we are not going to offer him an extension right now because he hasn't done enough. And quite frankly, he hasn't done enough to prove to Canucks fans the front office ownership that he deserves a two, three, maybe even four-year extension, whatever he's asking for. Before, in the previous regime, they probably would have given him an extension because, oh, they played well for half the year that he came back. That's not how it's going to work in this regime. And I love to see that because it is so different and it's something that is needed. You cannot be a pushover front office. And what was the saying about Jim Benning's front office? They were pushovers. The Canucks front office was a bunch of pushovers, and they're easy to manipulate within the salary cap. Oh, sorry. Within negotiations that eventually ruined the salary cap. The salary cap structure, they don't It was ruined because of why? They did not. Uh, they were pushovers in negotiations, and they did not know how to play the game. Jim Rutherford knows how to play the game. Same with JT Miller. If JT Miller starts pushing for an eight-year deal, a, not, a seven, eight-year deal, the Canucks, Jim Rutherford said himself, we will make the hard decision and move away from JT Miller because it's not what's best for the organization long term. That is what I want to hear. And Canucks fans, I know it's been a long time since we've seen somebody with power that has the ability to stand strong in the front office. It's kind of like when you get out of a toxic relationship where, you know, it's a verbally abusive or... You know They don't give you enough time, and then you get into a new relationship and the person showers you with compliments. They spend time with you. They spend affection with you, and you don't know how to react. Canucks fans just don't know how to react right now because we haven't seen this in such a long time. So everybody, take a deep breath. Jim Rutherford knows what he is doing. He is going to make the right decisions for the hockey club to make sure they are in best position to win a Stanley Cup and be competitive for a long period of time, which is what we all want. Okay. Now that that's out there, coming up after the break, we're going to talk about, or not talk about, we're going to go into our greatest Canuck segment. Sticking in the 80s, I know the 80s was a dark period of time for all of you that were alive and well during that. I was not I've only read books, watched videos on it, but we're going to talk, we talked about Stan Schmiel yesterday, we're going to highlight another important forward in the 1980s for the Vancouver Canucks, who also played a prominent role in developing and finding current and former superstars from the Vancouver Canucks. But first, I want to talk to you guys about Athletic Greens. Our partner at Athletic Greens, uh, is a pro- they have a product that I use every single day because I want to be have more energy. My life is on the go, 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 and I hate taking p- pills, vitamins, and all of that. I just wanted a supplement that tastes great and wanted to see what the hype was about. I've been using Athletic Greens for a few months now, and I love it. I have so much more energy, and it doesn't taste like it's super healthy. It has a mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to each morning. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens 1, you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole-source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, all the systems that help you run functionally, your energy, as I just mentioned, recovery, focus, aging, all things. Please touch on how... Sorry. Why do I use it... Sorry, I was reading the ad and I got in the, in the crosshairs. I read the instructions, (laughs) but sticking with athletic greens, I use it because like I said, I want more energy. I take it every morning when I get up and I have so much more energy on a daily basis. I feel much more refreshed and it tastes good. I have it every morning. It's a nice start to the morning. It's not like those other smoothies that don't taste very good. I even told my parents to get on it and they're on it now too. And they love it. Um, you know, Athletic Greens was created with the founder experience of a t- when the founder who experienced a ton of gut health issues ended up on a complicated supplement routine to recover. It cost him over $100 a day. He created Athletic Greens experiencing how difficult it was to create optimal nutrition on their own. Athletic Greens is also a climate neutral certified company. In 2020, Athletic Greens purchased carbon credits that support projects protecting old growth rainforests. For every purchase, we donate to kids organizations helping to get nutritious food to kids in need, including No Hungry Kid here in the USA. In 2020, I thought it over 1.2 million meals to kids in 2020. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with the convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements. It's To look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you one free year of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Boy. Oh, boy. Athletic Greens. I'm fired up. I'm having a great day today, guys. It's sunny. I'm happy. I hope you guys are all happy, too. I want to also thank you for making Locked On Canucks your first listen of the day. For your second listen of the day, check out the Locked On Now podcast, nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts. It's free, and of course, wherever you get your podcast services from. So yesterday we introduced our new Greatest Canucks segment, starting off with the first, you know, prominent player, Mr. Canuck, the heart and soul of the organization throughout the 80s, Mr. Stan Smeal, the vice president of hockey operations, currently in that front office that I just profoundly talked about. Going to do the right things to build this organization. I want to talk about one of his teammates, Mr. Thomas Gridine, who was taken in the 1976 amateur draft by the Chicago Blackhawks was traded to Vancouver. And over eight seasons, he established himself as the team's all-time leading scorer and was also a part of the 1982 plucky Canucks squad that made the Stanley Cup Finals. As well, he was a one-time All-Star in 1985. He finished his career with the Bruins. But this is another thing that I think Gredin does not get talked about enough as the great, one of the greatest Canucks of this time. He returned back to the the team in 1994 as a scout. And who did he help find? The two best players this franchise has ever seen, Henrik and Daniel Sedin, Matthias Olin Alexander, the potentially two of the the two best defensemen in franchise history were all thanks to Thomas Grudin and his scouting. Thomas Grudin, yes, was a great player on the ice. We can go through the stats and all that stuff right now. For example... His first year, sorry, 1980. His second year in Vancouver, 30 goals, 45 assists, 75 points. Had a, in 1982, that famous 1982 Stanley Cup run. Not regular season, he had 37 goals. He had 19 points in 17 playoff games. Then he had 32 goals the next year. A multiple-time 30-goal scorer. When, like I said, when he retired from the Vancouver Canucks, he was the leading scorer of the all-time. And he was one-team MVP in 1979. You know, he was at the way I would say with Thomas Grudin was if you watched him, but I wasn't there to watch him play, but he was that quintessential pass first center that, you know, made his other, uh, his teammates around him better. You know, he finished his career with 197 goals and 353 assists. So that's what I was at 550 points. If my masters. me be correct in just over 600 games. So he was nearly a point per game player. Um, in a time where you know this this franchise was n- not, as I mentioned before, you know other than '82 during the '80s and pe- maybe '89 when they almost beat Calgary. Other than that, what do you remember really much from that decade with the Canucks losing? They weren't a, now, you know, they had, it was it wasn't easy going up against the Oilers of the '80s, like I said yesterday, which was the part the greatest dynasty of all time. But having a guy like Thomas Greedin, who was fast, but he was also tough. He was not a pushover. You know the whole um that whole moniker or that whole saying that you know all Swedes are you know soft and stuff like that. I I did this, I did this last night. I watched Thomas Gradeen highlights on YouTube. He was no pushover, he wasn't easy to get off the puck. That's what made him so great. He had the was able to hold the puck strong on his stick, he had moves, he had the ability to vision, all that stuff. And I think that was just indicative of the true character he was as a player. He was playing on a line where you know you know um Stan Smeal and that and they you know they were very very successful. So I would have to say you know Thomas Gradeen on the ice was brilliant. But also off the ice uh, we're gonna talk about his scouting stuff. You know, he came back in 1994 95 and he was promoted to the head of European Scouting 98, where he held that till 2007. And as I mentioned before, his ability, his connections in Sweden, his ability to find talent, he not. Essentially, he found four of the best players this franchise has ever had, and Henrik and Daniel Steen being one and two, Matthias Oland, who I think. You know, gets slept on a lot, but was one of the best defensemen in Canucks history. And Alexander Edler, who is playing right now in the playoffs with the Los Angeles Kings, but let's face it, he's going to go down history as one of the best Canucks of all time. So Thomas Greedin, Stan Schmeel both guys in the '80s. This is the last guy of the '80s before we go into the '90s, which there's a lot more players you'll see start coming forward. But um, Thomas Greedie, both Thomas Greedin and Stan Smeele are guys who played in an era of Canucks hockey where um, they weren't the best team. We know that. But what did they do? They had a heart. They had grit. They had spirit. And what else did they have? They had that Canuck pride. They loved the city of Vancouver. They loved the province of British Columbia so much so that they continue to work with the organization till this day. In my Deontay Wilder voice, to this day! So... Kudos to Thomas Gradeen. I do, I think a lot of guys, you know, a lot of people that are listening to this might not know anything about um, the 80s of Vancouver Canucks hockey, but both Stan Smiel, um, and Thomas Gradeen were both guys that um, were imperative for the success or the limited amount of success in the 80s. But the success success they had in the 80s was thanks to guys like Smil and Gredine. So I'm here to give them their flowers. Thomas Gradeen. Definitely one of the greatest Canucks of all time, not only on the ice, but off coming up after this final break, we get into our fun betting segment of the night where I'm going to go through some of the games tonight. Tell you guys who I got my money on, who I think is going to be the best one to look at. Who? who how am I going to win you guys some money? How am I going to win you guys some money? So stick around for that. But first, I want to talk to you guys about betonline.net. It is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball, and this weekend's run to the Roses as the Kentucky Derby is back. not big into horse racing season, but I do want to go to the Kentucky Derby one day in my life. Bet online is your continued source for all your sporting sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, eSports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. There's a lot of games on the slate tonight in the National Hockey League. We have the Pittsburgh Penguins taking on the New York Rangers game two. Washington Capitals taking on the Florida Panthers game two. Colorado Avalanche playing host to the National Predators game two. And the Calgary Flames taking on the Dallas Stars in game two. So I'm going to go through each game, give you guys my pick for the game, and then, you know, player two to watch out for. So first of all, Penguins versus Rangers. I expect the Rangers to win this game. Uh, It's plus 170 right now for the puck line, one and a half, minus one and a half for the Rangers. Uh, take that I think the Rangers win by at least two goals tonight um they're gonna be fired up they're gonna want to have they're gonna have a sense of urgency knowing they can't go down o2 going back to Pittsburgh the over under is set at six uh I think both these teams are going to be kind of exhausted still from that triple overtime game so I'm gonna take a low scoring game maybe a two one grindy grimy playoff game oh sorry three one excuse me three one two one with an empty netter. we'll do that 2-1 with a 3-1, 2-1 throughout the game with an empty net or 3-1 Rangers win. And a player I want you guys to watch out for is this. I think Mika zabinajad is going to have himself a game. I think he gets two points and I think Artemi Panarin will score a goal. So for the Rangers and Penguins game, take the under, take the Rangers minus one and a half and look at Artemi Panarin to score a goal. Let's go down to Florida where the Capitals came up with a game one upset over the President's Trophy winners. But as we all know, I had the Capitals win this series because they're just a better team in my personal opinion. But tonight, I think the Panthers win. I'm going to take the minus 270 money line. I'm going to take the over on six and a half goals. Uh, like I said, I think it's going to be a fast-paced shoot-em-out series because Florida is going to try to play hard and they don't think they trust Sergei Bobrovsky that much. Player-wise, expect Jonathan Huberdeau to score a goal tonight and Sasha Barkov to score tonight. They're big boys. Florida's big boys know the pressure is on. They can't go down 0-2, so they will have a big game. So that's Huberdeau, Barkov to score. Panthers money line and take the over on goals. Then let's go to the Mile High City where my favorite quarterback, Mr. Unlimited, Mr. I-want-to-be Seahawk for life. Mr. Oh no, I want to be the Broncos, Russell Wilson. But then again, we're not a football show. We are a hockey show. But I'm just voicing my displeasure at Russell Wilson. We're the Colorado Avalanche. My pick for the Western Conference to go to the Stanley Cup finals will beat the National Predators because they're just simply so much better than the National Predators. I'm gonna take the Avalanche minus 140 at the puck line at one and a half. I'm gonna take the under on goals though today. I think the Avalanche win this one four. Nothing. And I'm going to look at a guy by the name of Gabriel Landis Cog and Nazim Kadri to both score. So that is a Kadri goal, a Landis goal, Avalanche puck line, and under on goals. And finally, we go to the city that wishes they were Vancouver, that wish, then breathe, then hope that they want to be like Vancouver, but they aren't like us at all. That is Calgary, Alberta. Calgary will lose this game. I'm taking the Dallas Stars money line plus 195. It's going to be a tight game again. A very close game. It's going to be another low scoring game. I'm going to take the under as well. I think it's going to be a 2-1-3-2 game and I think the Stars pulled this one out. Players to watch for tonight. I think Matthew Kachuk will score a goal for the Flames, but I also think Jason Robertson will come out and play and have a big game for the Stars. He was their big man up front scoring a boatload of goals and I think Jason Robertson will pull out for the Van pull through for the Dallas Stars. So that's a Jason Robertson goal, Matthew Kachuk goal, the under on total goals, but the Dallas Stars winning will take the Dallas Stars puck line, a 3-1 final score. So those are my picks for tonight. Remember, write them down, take a picture of it, whatever you want to do, screen record it. Make sure you get these bets in because I'm telling you right now they're going to (laughs) hit. So that is today's episode. I want to thank you guys for sticking around um tomorrow's episode we will have our newest greatest Canuck in the 90s again a lot of you newer fans might not know who he is but I'm sure a lot of you guys will know who they are so that is tomorrow we're gonna have another segment of the greatest Canuck series probably some more bets it's Friday we're gonna have fun so I want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Canucks your first listen of the day as I mentioned all that fun stuff coming tomorrow for your second listen Listen to Locked On NHL. From the first round matchups to each Stanley Cup kiss, Locked On NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It is free and available wherever you get your podcast services. Guys, take care. Stay safe.